Good morning, good afternoon, good whatever to wherever you may happen to be. Hello, you are very welcome to Look It, where you listen with me, Neve Bennett. And I'm Al Dunn. And not only that, and it's a, sa- it's a shame, actually, I should take a picture of it. Neve is on the other side of the Zoom with Stevie the dog. <laughs> but you're upstairs. You're not downstairs. The internet is better upstairs, so I brought the dog upstairs. So I'm just hoping she behaves for a half hour and is nice and quiet on the floor. She's now up with me, but she'll, she'll go down in a second. Highly unlikely she's going to behave. She is the star of the show and she knows it. She, she's the star of every show. A yeah. bit of a diva, to say the least. Let's be honest. Diva, diva. Mm. Yeah. Um, she's a great girl. Go off and destroy something. <laughs> <laughs> no doubt, no she will. Uh, yes. Two old radio heads going through six subjects in around 30 minutes with their opinions and stories thrown in. Bear in mind, we don't know what each other's subjects are. And you're welcome to contribute at look at, at uniquemedia.ie or tweet look at podcast on Twitter. Mel has been given out to me. And See, she doesn't story. call you. She doesn't call you, you know. She calls me and says... <laughs> Will you repost something? Will you do, will you know? Because then people will know that you're actually doing this thing. Re- repost, Mel. <laughs> Sorry, Mel. I know, I know. I don't, why, don't you, why don't you call, why don't you call Neve and give it out to her? Because I'm giving it out to you. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, social media, Mel. You're doing amazing work. <laughs> she was, she was my producer on a talk show years and years ago. That's how oh, we wow. know each other. And um, yeah, she's a tough taskmaster. Producers of talk shows need to be. Oh, yeah. And she's only small. She was only about 12 then. She still looks like she's about 12. (laughs) But uh, no, no. When Mel gives out. (laughs) This would be a whole other podcast. Yeah, very true. (laughs) I think we'll we'll do that. Um, How have you been this week? I've been good this week. I am. Yeah, I am getting... I was very good at dealing with the whole pandemic thing and filling my days with dogs and assignments and missions. And I'm kind of over it now. (laughs) Kind of? I think I'm feeling the same. Are you nearly finished that that course you're doing? Bloody course I'm doing. I have have one more week of lectures and then about three weeks to finish a load of assignments. And then I have achieved something for the year. And I can say that no matter what, didn't happen in 2020 at least i have at least you have another degree that you're not going to do anything with well hold on it'll be useful it'll be useful on this podcast very much so because because entrepreneurship is key to what we do exactly and i mean listen didn't you aren't you making use of your psychology degree now i am finally paying off many years later i keep saying that just to make your mother feel better about the whole thing love you mom yeah Uh, having having paid for it 20 years ago that it's finally coming to something not making money out of it but I'll you know it yeah exactly um, yeah, ex- this is it was Kevin's birthday by the way we've got to say hello and happy birthday to him last week very happy birthday to Kevin mm-hmm. Kevin Our- is another student He Kevin is always studying people. is he? He's, he I feel like Kevin regularly studies things yes uh, but uh, I hope he got the day off for his birthday and that's why he's <laughs> that's why he's so knowledgeable about these things he's gonna like one of the things I'm, I'm gonna do here because I can tell by by, by the tweets that he, that he does um I've I've got strong things this week I am very excited would you like to go first <laughs> you're just a strong team player no <laughs> ladies first as always well my first piece and my current affairs piece is uh, I have a bit of a fascination with Egyptian history, and by that I mean I don't know anything about it, but it looks cool. <laughs> Hold on for a second. 
did I yes. tell you or did I not tell you a couple of weeks ago to watch Carry On Cleo? Yes, you did. Yeah, you'll find out about Egyptian history in that. It's Cleopatra. Oh, great. Okay, I will check it out. Do. You but, won't. You won't, but anyway, go ahead. I'll figure it out. See, if it's, if it's not on the Netflix, it's not getting watched in this house. It must be on the Netflix. The carry-ons have to be on the... Maybe the kids don't okay. do the carry-ons anymore. Sorry, go ahead. I will I will have a look. Uh, but I have always wanted to go to Egypt. And uh, there was this, which I watched on the online, a very impressive procession of floats car- carrying mummified remains of 22 pharaohs, including Egyptians' most powerful queen through Cairo on Saturday evening to a new resting place. So basically, all these mummies are going from one museum to another museum, and they had this unbelievably spectacular parade with lights and all kinds of dancing, and they built these special shock-absorbent transport machine car things to carry the precious cargo. Um, something I didn't know, actually, is that, and this is incredibly ignorant, I actually didn't realise the word pharaoh refers to kings and queens. Oh, I didn't know didn't know that, hmm. um, but um, I, I, a 30 second Google search tells me that it, <laughs> there you, you've learned something. It was dubbed the Pharaoh's Golden Parade and 18 kings and four queens traveled in chronological order. So from the oldest to the youngest, I think the youngest was around the 12th century BC. So not too young, like not today or yesterday, but it was this absolutely amazing parade. And it is, so they, they, you know, it is functional. They do need to be moved, but they're sort of hoping that it boosts tourism trade and reignites people's passions for ancient Egyptian history but it was fascinating to watch listen it doesn't it doesn't impress me I've been at the trim the trim St. Patrick's Day parade that's the kind of thing that'll impress you that is I'm sure next level it is maybe you should write to the Egyptian tourism board and give them tips I, I really should I remember being, being caught in that parade, in fact, years and years ago, um, uh, working on Atlantic 252, right? And it was based in Trim, although we, we broadcast, um, you know, typical listener was in the UK. So I was on one, I'm sorry to, to hijack your thing, but it's oh, not I'd a bad like story. Um, coming to, I was on at four o'clock one, one afternoon and it happened to be St. Patrick's Day. And I drove down, as you do, hoping to hit trim around a quarter to four to be there for the extensive research you did for your program. Um, yes. So I got in 15 minutes early. I got down around a quarter to four and trim was closed off because there was a St. Patrick's Day parade there. So I had to ring the lad who was on before me and say, I'm stuck over here because there's a St. Patrick's Day parade. He was of English extraction and wasn't aware of this kind of thing at all at all. And, really? Um, yeah, yeah. Well, we, I think that, that we do something on well, Friday. Night. Yeah, but I, I don't think he expected that Trim would close down for a Paddy's Day parade. So I can't think of a better reason to close oh, Trim I, I, Listen, I enjoyed every minute of it and it kept me off air for probably the best part of an hour. But um, no, it was a, it was an interesting way to... Listen, I can't... I, I know I'm due on at four and you've been on since two or half one, whatever time it was. But I can't get into the radio station uh, unless I walk across the whole town and leave my car here and I'm not doing that. I'm too lazy. Uh, however, the marching band is fabulous. <laughs> exactly. And those young ladies in with, with throwing the things up and catching them. What are those things? Are they batons? Batons. Very good. I knew you'd know what they are. And you pronounce them because they're French. I don't understand. Um, they, they were doing a fine job. So they do the same thing in Egypt, basically, to try and get a few people out. Yeah, it doesn't say so in the article, but I think they probably took their lead from the trim, St. Patrick's Day parade. I think you're probably right. Yeah. So it's a, a slightly watered-down version of the Trim St. Patrick's Day Parade. 
but it was really interesting and I love all that kind of stuff and when I lived in London I used to always go to the British Museum and go to the you know the Book of the Dead exhibitions yeah. or the Egyptian ones because I um, do not know enough about any of this kind of stuff but I would like to learn I'm, that current affairs story well can I suggest that uh, come September you sign yourself up for a, a diploma in Egyptian studies I would love to do that how interesting would that be oh, one of my favourite things I ever got is uh, for my communion my dad wouldn't have the best eyesight so he mm-hmm. was trying to buy me a, a cross for my communion like a gold cross but he ended up getting me this Egyptian ankh like symbol of fertility thing and I was like that oh. is that's way cooler <laughs> you're right it is fair play to him <laughs> everybody got me crosses but I got this really cool um, ankh and loved it it's still one of my favourite things ever yeah, there you go no harm <laughs> Um, so that was Egypt and that was so you're going off to do your Egyptian studies diploma uh, come September yes can't wait sign me up to add to the rest of them if you just watch Carry On Cleo I will have you, the same you may as well yeah you get the same yeah. absolutely yes don't understand uh, which is also I'm sure highly influenced by the Trim St. Patrick's Day Parade oh of course yeah Sid James okay. love that kind of thing <laughs> you won't get that because you're too young but that was an impression of Sid James I imagined imagined it was <laughs> Your culture, no, your current affairs piece. Uh, my current affairs piece. Yeah, and you've threatened that these are really good now. All of these are good, right? And it's it's not by design. I just happened to come up with stuff quickly You're that were good. good. You're going to love the last one, by the way. Uh, okay. okay, actually, you love the second one as well. Uh, Earthlings can breathe a sigh of relief after US space agency NASA confirmed the planet was safe from a once feared asteroid for the next 100 years at least. And I won't live any more than that. So that's all that's relevant to that, me. That, my friend, is exactly where I'm coming from. Brilliant. So NASA discovered this uh, Apophis. Uh, it was one of the most dangerous asteroids to Earth after its discovery in 2004. There were close call- they were expecting close calls in 2029, 2036, and uh, later ruled them out. There is a significant threat for 2068, apparently, but now they've said um, it measures 340 metres across, about the length of three football pitches. The asteroid recently made a distant flyby of Earth on the 5th of March. It passed within 17 million kilometres of of the planet. And on the 3rd of April 2029, it's expected to pass within 32,000 kilometres of the Earth's surface. You'll be able to see it with the naked eye. Wow, what can you do about an asteroid that's going to hit Earth? Can you laser it? You, you, you can technically, but I, I, I think that kind of thing is years and years away. Um, but this is not going to hit Earth, <clears throat> excuse okay. me, which is which is the good news. Um, but it looks huge. It'd be really interesting if we're all around in 2029. So no, it's not that far away. Um, it'll be visible to observers on the ground in the eastern hemisphere of Earth, which includes Asia, Africa and parts of Europe. I, I feel another live show coming on. I another, think you're right. Podcast. We could do the podcast live from Apophis, Apophis, A-P-O-P-H-A-S, Apophis, isn't it? Amazing. Hmm. <laughs> That's the kind of thing that, like, Kevin would like that. That is very interesting. Yeah. We're not We're not all going to die. No, well, there is that. And the last time they reckon uh, something large hit the earth, that's what wiped out the dinosaurs. They're not 100% sure on that, but they reckon that's what happened. I always find it fascinating that we didn't know about dinosaurs until quite recently. And they're such a big part of kids' lives growing up. Every Most kids go through a dinosaur phase. I went through a huge dinosaur phase. So yeah, it's mad that they're um, just recent additions to our, our cultural... They are. One of my daughter's favourite movies was um, Jurassic Park. Excellent movie. She made me watch it over and over, over and, and over. over and over and over. I actually watched all five of them on a plane to New Zealand. Ah, uh, there you go. In chronological order. Yeah. <laughs> I did that with with Star Trek. They they 
uh, had in in the square in Tala. They they did this thing, and there were lots of people in Star Trek uniforms. Um, it, it's years and years ago. They did Star Trek one to, to five, I think, um, in a day. That's a big day at the cinema. It was a big day. I got it free from whoever was running it, which was very nice. And uh, there were a lot of a lot of Trekkies there. And did you last the full five? I didn't stick around for number three. It wouldn't be my favorite. Okay. Yeah, I think four I is. A lot of them. That's a whole lot of commitment. Like two movies in a row in the cinema is a lot. Like you, your bum gets sore after a bit. It's true. We did one and two, and then two was the Wrath of Khan. Khan. Um, Trekkies <laughs> will get that. Um, three, not great. Four is brilliant. And okay. I, off the top of my head, I can't remember five. But that that was my my that's my claim to fame. I don't like sitting in cinema seats for too long. I just have a thing about it. I just get antsy. Unless it's the Stella. Unless it's the freaking Stella. If they don't, if they don't let us in for nothing after all the publicity <laughs> we're giving. Listen. I also am a victim of product placement from this podcast because every time we talk about something, I think we talked about Campbell's tomato soup yeah. a few weeks ago, and I have I've had about five cans of it since then. I'm very influenced by myself, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> Just took a sip of tea. Don't be saying that when I'm taking. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna slip something in before the end of the before the end of the. Uh, it's like Keith Barry here. I'm just gonna slip it in, just like that. You won't even notice it, and uh, you're back in the room, and you will be eating or drinking it for the week. I haven't decided what it is yet. Yeah, and then we can pitch ourselves to loads of people for sponsorship money. <laughs> Exactly. You're guaranteed to get one customer exactly who's on the podcast. <laughs> That'll be the Neve. Yeah. Um, we're 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 near. We're actually we're closer time than we normally are. So are we? yeah. Be way over. Okay. So Let, let's my go culture. culture. Piece, I um I did this culture piece for you because I know that you're a fan of a collection. Thing is, you have your assigned CD, the Beach Boys. Yes, my, my collection, as as we call it. Al's collection of one and you're a fan of an auction story yeah um, I don't know if you are or you aren't but you do you do like to bring up auction stories so the auction story that I have come up with for you is a Beatles auction story that you probably heard about <laughs> but Sir Paul McCartney is, uh, is he was- settling a debt for a missing holiday blanket it's going up for auction <laughs> the singer made off with the bedding after staying at a farmhouse with fellow bandmate George Harrison in North Wales uh, decades later, he was reminded by owner Irene Brearley that she was still one blanket short. Would that be the story, me, by any chance? That would be the story. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would happen that we'd eventually come up with the same story. <laughs> it only took 16 episodes. Exactly. That's brilliant. <laughs> okay, you do it and I like surprised. Um, you'd be absolutely shocked that the Beatles were hitchhiking around North Wales. Well, it wasn't the Beatles. I believe it was Harrison and, and McCartney. Harrison. Yes, it was the two the two lads, kind of pre pre Beatle mania days, um, and uh, to cut a long story short, because uh, you'll probably have more detail than me. <laughs> in the farmhouse, they liked it. They made friends with the son, had a great time. Next year they went back, but absconded with a blanket. Yep. The host, the proprietress um, of the house, did not forget about her blanket. She didn't write this off as, you know, just a loss and that happens when you have... Lovely, it's my blanket. I want my blanket back. And she'd be dead right. So she actually wrote to Paul McCartney years later to remind him that she owed him one blanket. And so he sent her back a letter which she, he says, apologies for the scroll. He was writing it on an express train. Yep. Uh, so he was uh, full whack in the middle of his fame, uh, took, sat down, wrote out this letter to her, apologized and sent her a check 
for thirty pounds to cover his That's debt. It. I'm just writing you. I'm just writing you a letter. It's <laughs> the first time I've done Paul McCartney. <laughs> Very good for a first time. <laughs> no, I believe the check was for thirty pounds, but if she had not cashed it today, it would be worth. Uh, 10,000 because oh. well, no one's seen a check written by Paul McCartney did you find that info? I didn't see that piece no so no one's seen uh, I came across some article that said that no, because it was so rare to see a check yeah. written and signed by him that the check actually would have been worth much more the letter has a starting price of 3 grand 3,000 pounds sterling uh, if you're mad for Beatles memorabilia but yes I wonder, did she cash the check? Because if she didn't, it would be worth an awful lot more than the letter. Presumably, she did. Um, sure she did. What a new blanket! Exactly, lovely blanket. <laughs> thirty pounds. You get a nice blanket for thirty pounds. You would in Wales. Yeah. <laughs> that was a Welsh accent, by the way. It was very good. Yeah. You said like Navalis. Yeah, I do in it. <laughs> um, it's it, Welsh is very difficult, but because if you start oh. doing that, you end up you end up doing an Indian accent. Yeah, if you if you just take a left turn after you know um, the word Wales, you can actually sound like <laughs> Indian accent. I can't do accents, but it never stopped me trying. Oh, exactly. But well, I just can't do it. I was told the best way to do a, a Welsh accent is to say perpendicular. <laughs> Try that. Oh, go say it again. Perpendicular. Perpendicular. You like, see? No, see, that's Indian. No, but it's 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 quite Welsh <laughs> as well. Perpendicular, lovely. I wish I was an accents person. I'm just not. Well, you have, in my career if I was. I'm you not. have the Neve accent. I have one accent and that's what you get. And then it's a little bit mid-Atlantic and a bit Irish. And there's a tiny bit of English thrown in, I think, from spending many years growing up there. And it just is what it is. And that's if you what spend it is. your life I in the one, witness one protection note. program, traveling the world. You're got one note on the accent. Exactly. That's it. You got a little. <clears throat> it's the little American thing, which which. I didn't necessarily cop what is there that, that mid-Atlantic thing um, people think I just watched too much American TV yeah. as a kid but yeah. that's not true I went through the American school system for several years hey. so I have a tiny bit of an American twang that just got in there early and never left yep. but it's not affectation it's just the result of uh, witness protection exactly them yes. bullying bullying you into it yes <laughs> so how do the Americans work with hey what's your name Niao Yama, Yam, Yam. My least favorite is Nam. Nam. Yam. Yam. Hey, there's Nam. Something disgusting. Yam, 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 yam. Nam. I don't like. I understand. Yam. Like I. But just Nam is just. It sounds so disgusting. It's so kind of. Oh, it just. It's real from the throat. Okay. Okay. <laughs> now, my problem is. Hold on. We'll do my culture piece now. A letter from the Beatles legend Sir Paul McCartney settling a debt. <laughs> I can't believe that. Well, I can believe it. Where do we get that? Was it BBC? I got it from my husband. Oh, very good. And I said, oh, I'll have to use that on Friday because Al loves an auction piece. Love an auction. I was thinking you love an auction piece. That's why I do them. Yeah. So it's like. I do. What? I do love an auction piece. Bo- we both hate them, so we won't do anymore. <laughs> no, I'm going to I'm going to bid on that. I'll put a I'll put a twenty euro bid on it. Do you know actually what I'm going to do? I'm I am going to go and buy something. I'll check out um, eBay and see what they have for um, for small amounts of money to add to my collection of one. Yeah, well, you know, a collection of one is better than a collection of none. That's correct. So there you go. Exactly. What is a collection of nuns called? collection of nuns. There is a word for it, which I've come. What's that? 
there a term for a collection, like a collective, the collective version? I'm pretty it? sure there is, which I've done before on the radio. <laughs> Just came into my head. Yeah. Anyway, I can't know. remember for the life of me what it is because you know yourself, you can only hold on to so much stuff in your head. All will be revealed next week. <clears throat> exactly. Yes. We could go and do it now, but listen, we've better things to be doing. Well, actually, we don't, but that's not the point. <laughs> now, the problem with this is what we've done is a collective culture piece. Yes. Yes. I was getting worried because we haven't even seen each other in no, a month. Not in, not in, not in person. In stories, yes. Um, but we've done the collective culture piece, which means you're doing the next piece. Yes, now, I am the, doing the next the piece. The good news, and we're actually on time for that because I'm not going to do a culture piece. I had a great culture piece, but it was nicked. Um, <laughs> I have I have a good wild card that I think I can possibly stretch seven or eight minutes out of if you're stuck. Amazing. Do you want to go first then? No. I also think that, okay. that you're going to like it. I'm very excited about it. So I'll keep this really brief. Um, no, no, no. I'm not, hold on. Sorry. I'm not suggesting that at all. One thing that was interesting at the beginning of the pandemic is lots of people went back to the garden of their youths to feel safe in the middle of global uncertainty, desecration and just general um, bamboozlement apart from everything else. So one thing that my beloved husband did was he's into all the boxing and the MMA and this, that and the other, but his childhood thing as a lot of kids and I liked it as a kid in the 90s was wrestling. So he got WWF. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So he uh, he got really into listening to all these podcasts, and he was telling me the other day that WrestleMania 37 is going ahead. So he has this thing that he's just watched it every year since he was a kid, and seeing as he is nearly 37, I imagine that's nearly all of them. Um, <laughs> but he uh, was telling me that it is apparently they're going to have fans each night of the event. And the rumor is, according to KimmySport.com, that the WWE want to have 45,000 fans in attendance each night. And I don't know how that's going to work. Um, but it has been reported that they're looking to have 30,000... Stevie, relax. I'm sorry, if you hear the dog She just doesn't know how we're going to have a sporting event in the middle of a pandemic. Although, I was looking at a lot of the, the fans who were talking about the, the fact that they're going, and a lot of them were saying that they're already vaccinated. So I don't know what is in place to allow the stadium to open. It does have a capacity of 60,000, so I assume it's much more spaced out than normal. But apparently, we're going to have an actual live sports event uh, on April 10th and April 11th in Tampa in Florida. And I thought that was really interesting and um, with a potential 75% capacity. I saw a thing on, I think it was Sky News, well, it was whatever news I was watching last night or the night before. There was a concert in Barcelona. Um, yeah, where people, there, there was... I don't know how big the stadium was, but the people were on top of each other. They'd all actually it was because they'd all done PCR tests, I think. Was okay, okay. Just before so they went in. Is that what I'm thinking of or am, am I confusing it with prime time? What well, one way or the other, they were they, they were either all vaccinated or all PCR tested before they went in. They were all there with their with their masks, but they were close together and the guys were performing on stage doing some sort of a Hey hey hey. That's oh my that's God. my Spanish thing. Wait, that's yeah, that's a wonderful, wonderfully reductive um, view of Spanish culture. I love it. I would Gracias. Um, I just can't fucking wait to go to something live in the future, <laughs> and I just didn't think it would be this year, but uh, I probably won't. But my parents got vaccinated; they got their first shot. Oh, very good. In their seventies, don't tell them I said that. Yeah. 
think they're still trying to pull off a late, the sort of late 50s vibe. But no, they got called for their vaccinations and they got vaccinated. So um, hopefully that uh, will kick in very soon. And God, live events. Amazing. Dave was playing. Was he playing in the band or was he playing by himself? He was playing by himself. And you were helping and him along on the piano the odd time, were you? Or on the yeah, keyboard? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Um, prior to the pandemic. Of course. Yes. Um, which was really fun. Just, hmm. We just did little gigs because he has a, a musical... Um, a musical bent. Called Short Pier. Yeah. Uh, and he has a new song night, in fact. Oh. Um, <laughs> I will be influenced by my own uh, placement of that piece of information and I'll go and listen to it now because obviously I, I do everything that I say I, to I do. Think um, but yeah, so it's great, great. It was always like, something really fun to do and I can't wait to go back and do it again. Hmm. I'd pay money to see that. Well, no, I wouldn't. What but do you, know you what I mean? pay money? <laughs> well, maybe maybe three fifty. You don't pay for gigs so much, we because you're you're like a superstar DJ. You don't. No, nah, that, that's years ago. I don't get to go to them free anymore. But but I I do pay for them. Um, but I I I'm very choosy about who I go to see. Yeah, I know that, and you um you're very choosy. Don't eating wires. Be eating wires. Dog is back on camera. She's been eating. She's trying to eat at the computer wire. Yeah, right. Nothing tastier than a eating so fast because she knows she's not allowed to eat wires. Nothing tastier than a computer wire, Neve. We all know that. Delicious. Uh, So your piece, I'm very excited about. Ten. Love it. Ten common misconceptions most people think are are true. I love these ones. I know you do. (laughs) Uh, Fortune cookies are not Chinese. Where are they from? Um. Uh, it was brought to the US by the Japanese. They're rarely found in China and often seen as a symbol of American cuisine. Interesting. Didn't know. There you go. Buddha was not fat. Really? Yeah. Uh, 10th century folk... Yep, I have no idea. Uh, this is actually a 10th century folk hero in Chinese lore called Budai, and the two have been confused over the time. Buddha was an aesthetic who played under a lotus tree, eating almost nothing to achieve enlightenment. So he would have been a skinny lad. He would have been a skinny lad, yeah. Yeah, there you go. Twinkle Twinkle Little Star was not composed by Mozart. I like his variations on it, but I always assumed that it wasn't. Who composed it? You see, you just know stuff. It originated from a a French folk song which Mozart composed variations of when he was 25 and 26 years old. Interesting. I love the way you do the way you know the, the, the classical <laughs> stuff. <clears throat> Always impressive. I have, but yeah, but all the things I know are not, like, they're not going to help me excel in life. Or Hold anything. on for a second. You've just, you've just, you were spot on there straight away, weren't you? That's, <laughs> you've had as much use out of that as you've had out of your, your psychology degree. There you go. I have taught those variations. I like those variations. The kids always enjoy them. Ah, there you go. Uh, golf does not stand for a, mis- uh, a misogynistic slogan. Misogynistic. Misogynistic. That's it. There are certain Gentlemen. words I can't say, and that's one of them. Gentlemen only, ladies forbidden. Is that what? Very good, Neve. <laughs> oh yeah. There's there's no evidence for this. Golf was as a word existed in the middle uh, in the middle Scots period as a standalone word. Okay, hey. you, you've got two of these already. I'm really impressed. <laughs> um, Vikings did not wear horns on their helmets. Disappointing. I've been on the Viking Splash Tour, so I know that they do. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you on that. Okay, yeah. tear that one up. That is the end of that one. Um, <laughs> the Great Wall of China is not the only human-made object visible from space. You is can't it, see it. What is the other? Oh, you can't. Yeah, I was going to say because you, you wouldn't be able to see it. Yeah. Yes. But, but, I mean, we were always, not thought, but we always thought that you yeah. could. Um, city lights are easily visible on the night side of the Earth from orbit. Other than that... There, there's nothing really you can see 
You can make the outline. I haven't been up, so I'm not exactly sure I'm going by what I read. Interesting. Well, when you do go up, you can let us know what you see. I will. Napoleon wasn't short. Really? Oh, that's disappointing. I love the idea of a tiny Napoleon. Uh, no, he was five feet two, which is five feet seven in English feet. Oh, in, in French feet, he was five feet two. <laughs> we will not use the English feet. We will use our own feet. You are five feet two. Yes, but that is five feet seven. No, you are five feet two, you fool. <laughs> that is disappointing, but okay. Fair enough. I'll get over that one. He was slightly taller than the average Frenchman at the time. Okay. Um, okay. Although get... those nice small man theories are not going to work for me. <laughs> exactly. Oh, we still have time. Good. Uh, John F. Kennedy did not Im- Im- identify himself as a uh, donut. Donuts. Did he not? No. He's, when he said, Ich bin ein Berliner. I know it's not Eina, I know it's Ein, but just for the, for the, I am Ayama, you know, you, so I'm saying, I'm not saying Eina, I'm saying Ein. Ich bin Eina Berlina, even though you know what I'm saying. Um, his sentence was standard, a standard way for the German to identify themselves as someone from Berlin, as was intended. How did the donut rumour start and continue? Um, let me see. Uh, legend has it that because the US president used the indefinite article Ein in his famous announcement to Germany, Ich bin ein Berliner, he actually said he was a donut. So Berliner is obviously, presumably, donut if used with Ein. But. Donut now. Mm. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, okay. <laughs> we very will, suggestible. We will see next week how many donuts you've had. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Super, super value anywhere in the corner. They do, they bake them every day. Um, you're back in the room. Okay. <laughs> Three kings did not visit the baby Jesus. That's who who visited him? <laughs> who was it? Uh, no idea. One of the most retold stories of all time. Yeah. It says three kings might visit the baby and elsewhere three gifts are described, leading painters to draw the kings with presents. But the exact number of kings and the belief their names were Balthazar, Melchior, Melchior. and oh the last one, what's the last one? Friendly Ghost. Casper. Yeah. <laughs> Is nowhere in the Bible. Oh, that's disappointing. Like, how did they, yeah, how did that story get legs? They have names and I've that's actually a, played two members of, of the three. Right, there you go. How did that How did that story make, make get that's legs? High, Just high point in my acting career. What? Which one were you? I was both uh, Melchior and Balthazar Ooh. at different times. Oh. Um, yeah, played to great acclaim uh, from my mother. I read the reviews. They were from my mother. Well, they were spectacular. They were spectacular. I thought I read them in variety. Yeah. <laughs> And they were and they were spectacular. The tenth one. Yes. <clears throat> we're just over, but let's do it. When earthworms I couldn't have, two baby earthworms are not born. Only the front half may survive. The back end dies. Very few kinds of worms are able to do this. Are you you probably did you ever do that as a kid, cut an earthworm in half? I didn't ever actively do it, but I had heard that it happened yeah. that if you cut them in half they both just wriggle away that's it um, they do and more more recently I suppose from, from fishing I know that and it's a long time since I fished but if, if you do happen to split one in half um, the other half will wriggle, wriggle away there but uh, the back end dies apparently okay sorry about the screeching the dog has heard that um, David has come home ah, very good <laughs> screeching yes. away Yes. Well, well, that just about that just about wraps up our little our little adventure this week. I feel sad for the worm. So the front the front part is okay, is it? Yeah, yeah, it is. Okay, but it loses its back. Loses its arse. Loses its back. You, yeah, exactly. Very sad. <laughs> I'm sorry for the worms. Um, but I am glad that I've never cut a worm in half. So that makes me feel better about myself for the day. Good. Happy to hear it. <laughs> Happy to admit to it in yeah. a public capacity. I can't believe we came up with the same story. Well, I can. I was wondering when it was going to happen. Yes. I think this one is 17, isn't it? So just before we go, suggest a name because you came up with the last one. 
Seventeen. Sorry, hang on. What's the dog's doing something mad. Sorry. Okay. I think the uh, what we may call it is just, as in just seventeen. Just seventeen. Sorry, the dog was trying to jump down the stairs to get Dave. She's too oh, small. Okay. Can't get down the stairs. Did you know, um, just before we go, that um, dash hunts, dox hunts, they they find find it very difficult to get downstairs. They can go up all right, not a bother downstairs. She's the same. She can't get down the stairs. All right. They they have issues because of their long body and small legs. She just has small legs, so. She's just teeny tiny. She's not supposed to get up the stairs, so I carry her up the stairs. But she can get up if she's really desperate to get up. But she's now desperate to get down because she knows there's somebody else downstairs. Okay. And there's a potential of chicken because he eats chicken. Oh, okay. Well, then we better finish up. <laughs> Your suggestions or stories are welcome at... Look it. <laughs> <laughs> Podcast on the Twitter. Uh, and look it at uniquemedia.ie send us in your stories exactly send us in your stories save us doing the heavy actually that way we won't we won't come up with the same things ourselves subscribe (laughs) and leave a rating or review on your podcast uh, or platform of choice that is it I'm Al Dunn I'm Neve Bennett this is Stevie Bennett it's been a blast we'll see you next week (laughs) bye thanks Neve look it look it look it look it look it look it will you listen produced by Unique Media (laughs) 